1: This tennis.com podcast is brought to you by ASICS Sound Mind, Sound Body. to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, everyone.
0: Welcome to the first of many uh, Straight from Paris podcasts involving Steve Tigner, who is out covering Roland Garros, and uh, myself, Ed McGrogan, here back in the States watching on TV like most of you. Uh, Steve's been there for a few days now, and we just wrapped up day two, which uh, most people might really kind of view as the... Really, the first day there was so many more of the big names today. Yesterday, Sunday had a lot less going on. Did you kind of get the sense, Steve, that today was more of the official kickoff for the French Open? Yeah, it was one of those
2: days where you're just sit, you know, at least for a press person, you're sitting there and you just can't keep up with everything. By the end of the day, there's five or six players I didn't even know who played, who might have been upset or lost, or there's just something. Going on on every court, which is which is fun. It's like you try to keep up with whatever you can, and 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 just and end up seeing what happens. But that was, you know, people. There's a sense I think that the the, the Sunday start when the French Open went to it a few years ago that that all the slams were going to start doing that, but none of the other slams have gone along with that, and it just feels um, really tacked on and just uh, a way to sell another session because they didn't even you know there was nobody. None of the top players, but there was really no no marquee name. It was just seemed to it's just an extra thing to put on to the money making element to the to the to the tournament and
0: you know, the French now looks like they're the only ones who are ever gonna ever gonna do that. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of what I've been hearing at least over here is sort of just some gripes and really indifference to the whole thing, except the people have to work it, like you and I of course, but um, but yeah, like you said, today is definitely one of those days where, um, you know, by the end of the, by the end of the day, after you think so much has gone on, there's still matches going on. Like I just checked late in the evening, Rayonich was just, uh, beaten. I didn't even re- realize the match was going on, but that was just after a, you know, a, a schedule involving most of the top players. Um, we'll get to kind of tomorrow's a little later, but what did you see out there today? Um, you know, there's the big guys, Djokovic and Federer. Uh, just kind of give me a sense of what you saw out in the grounds.
2: Yeah, I saw, um, I went in to watch Djokovic for a while, and that was pretty much over before it began. His opponent, uh, Tiamo De Bakker, who who's not a bad player, and they knew each other when they were kids, he um, he was just beaten before he started. He, he buried a couple forehands in the second game of the match and looked like he was pretty much ready to pack it in. He had the hat backwards after at the end of the first set, um, and was trying some crazy drop shots just because it was the only way he could get Djokovic out of his rhythm. At one point, um, debacher won a long rally, and he was he was excited by it. But you didn't get the feeling he was excited because he thought he was going to win the match. He was just excited to win a point in that way. Just um, that's the type of that's the type of tennis somebody's going to have to play to beat Djokovic because he's not missing. That's really to me. Today, the most important, you know, he hit all his shots well and he served well. And he said he felt really good. Um, but the main thing to me is just the the amount of shots somebody else is going to have to hit to beat him. Somebody's going to have to go beyond their normal consistency, which, is ne- which isn't easy to do. It just made it seem to me today like really an upset is is um, going to be extremely difficult. Um, Federer was, was good, was routine. He struggled a little in the third set, but he... Um, he had almost lost to his opponent, Feliciano Lopez, a few weeks ago, so this was a, a good start for him. Um, I watched some of Marty Fish, the top American, maybe even by now the lone American in the tournament. Um, and he he played a good strong first set. He got a little agitated in the second set, lost a tiebreaker, 13-11, but then came back and won um, two straight sets pretty easily over Ricardo Mello. That's a lone sort of bright spot for for the U.S., I watched another American, Christina McHale, lose from five zero in the third set, which is, which is tough, pretty crushing defeat. She was in tears afterwards. Um, I, I was I trying a little to. De- over- I was going to say
0: I was tr- I was trying to decide which defeat was worse was uh, McHale's, which I heard about that wasn't shown much over there was a really early result, and then the other one involving uh, Thomas Burch, where he blows a two set lead. To a French qualifier, Stefan Robert, uh, Burdich also had a match point in the third. So two really uh, epic collapses today out there. I saw that was a tough one. That was a big one. When the the, the
2: crowd was really into that one, obviously with the Frenchman, it was out on a fairly small court. Burdich was a semifinalist here last year. Um, he was way ahead, and they played some. You know, they played some great. It was an exciting match. A lot of great points just because you know partially because of the atmosphere and the energy and that guy 31 year old uh robert was was you know obviously really fired up um you know he but when he won he acted like he'd won the french open um but you know burdich going out that helps uh that helps djokovic he's in he was in
0: his part of the draw i saw that yeah it's even it's astounding that that uh worked out that way for djokovic i i don't think many people would have Kind of picked Burditch anyway in there, but uh, that he was a French semifinalist, like you said, last year. And then the other parts of today, um, you know, I don't think you can read much into. I don't know, how much can you read into a six zero six two drubbing by Wozniacki over uh, Kimiko Date crumb who's double her age? Still, I mean, if you can get, get away with losing just two games, I guess it doesn't really matter who you beat.
2: I don't know if you, what you can read into that. It's a good it's a solid star for The most interesting part of that match is it it's it was scheduled on court one, the bull ring, a very small court, which a lot of people, a lot of the Danish press were up in arms that was the, IQ, the number one player in the world would have been scheduled on this small side court. And it did seem a little odd. Zvanareva, who's not seated as you know, not ranked as high, was scheduled on a bigger court. But then at the last minute um, they had time on Chatrier, so they put Wozniaki over there in front of a really sparse crowd. But she did get to play on Chatrier, but it was yeah. you no. Know, I was, think every- um, just out of necessity.
0: Right. I think every match on Chatrier so far has been a complete whitewash. If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's in uh, kind of drub city over there. Yeah, that's the standard fare for yeah. the big. Um,
2: for the first week for the big stadiums.
0: Exactly. All right, we'll uh, get to tomorrow's matches in just a minute.
1: The longest professional tennis match lasted 11 hours, 5 minutes, and took more than three days to finish. During the match, there were 980 total points played, 138 games, 2,189 strokes, and 489 backhands. And combined, the players spent over 11 hours on their feet. Just imagine how much longer they could have gone if they were wearing the Asics Gel Resolution 3. With a Flexion Fit upper for extra stability, it's engineered to go deep into the fifth set. Asics. Sound mind, sound body.
0: So let's talk a little about Day 3 Tuesday, uh, the last late series of first-round matches. Um, on Chatrie. I'm going to have to start will be Rosano and uh, Jarmila Gadisova. Rosano is on there, I think, partially because of what's happened uh, along with their late fiance and coach. Um, then we have Sharapova plays Lucic. Uh, Nadal and Isner is probably the most, um, you know, match when you see it on the schedule. You might kind of think about that one, how it could go. Um, Jill Simone also plays Michael Russell on that court. Russell had the. Uh, French Open history with Keratin years ago, and also Murray, um, Azarenka, Kleister's play later on. Um, what do you? Any kind of matches you saw on the schedule that you think are going to uh, pay closer attention to tomorrow?
2: Well, obviously, Isner and Nadal. Isner's given Nadal some trouble um, a couple times, and Nadal, I know, is, is always talks about how he doesn't like to play. Isner um, calls him one of the greatest players in the world. Wow, uh, which I guess he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Isner, you know, any that's the type of match where Nadal will have to take his chance here, you know, here and there to get a win. We know something's going to go to a tiebreaker, so that's always that's always iffy. So it's a different kind of match.
0: Was it Isner um, or Query who took a set from Nadal on clay in Spain in Davis Cup? I think one of those two did. That was that was Query. Yeah. Okay.
2: But Nadal. Nadal can struggle against this type of guy. He's struggled a couple times against Karlovich, these big serving guys. I think he gets a little nervous even when he has chances and even on his serve. He's always won those matches, but um, they're a little nervy for him uh, just the way he handles them. Uh, Soderling plays tomorrow. We'll see how he does. He um, Obviously, a two-time finalist, but he hasn't been great lately. He plays Benjamin Becker. That should go his way. Andy Murray starts off against a Frenchman, which, which um, you know, I think, I think Murray's also another little bit of a question mark, but he's been playing, he's been playing, started to play pretty well lately. How um, about uh, The one match him. I'm interested in early is is um, Dolgopolov, Reiner Schüttler, just because Dolgopolov is a guy that we talked about is having a lot of potential. He's just been terrible lately, so maybe he can. You know, we'll see whether he's bottomed out or what. You know what he's what he's looking like. What whether do you he's think? Just going to continue with this with this
0: slump. Yeah, this malaise. What do you what do you think about coming into this tournament? Well, you did the women's preview. You had Clysters uh, taking it all on this, even after the the long layoff. She opens tomorrow late on Longland. Um Just what what do you think about? Why did you have kind of so much confidence in Clysters um, despite all this?
2: because i don't know you know she's she's been injured but um and she'll be rusty but i don't get the feeling that 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 she's going to be feeling that injury too much you know the main thing will be maybe she'll be rusty i know that she had talked about how much she didn't want to play non grand slam tournaments earlier in the year and how much she wanted this tournament in particular she wants to try if she can for a career slam, or just to win the slams, the, you know, a slam that she hasn't won, and she fi- always felt like she should have won this. She almost won it ten years ago against Jennifer Capriati in the final, and she really had this in mind. Obviously, there's been a it's been a setback, um, and I but I think she is, as she showed her the last two slams. If she plays her game, she still she is the best player, and she does like clay, and um, I think she's going to you know. I think she'll still be tough to, very tough to beat.
0: All right. Fair enough. And I think I'll give you one more match that I could see you possibly ending up at is the last one on court one, Shardy Dimitrov A popcorn match possibly. So so you got Dimitrov?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll be there. I'll be there. All
0: right. All right. And that and court one is, court one is the bull ring, am I mistaken? That's the bull ring. Okay. It should be a fight then. So we'll talk tomorrow after day three, Steve Tigner again in Paris. Uh, You can see all his reports on his Concrete elbow blog on Tennis.com, along with all the other coverage we have going on throughout the two weeks. I'll talk tomorrow. I'm Ed McGrogan for Steve Tigner.
1: You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.